welcome to this week's edition of Lovers of Rebetica. My name is Con Calamaris. Thank you for listening to this weekly podcast which delves into the rare world of Rebetica. Um, as I did last week, this week I'll be focusing on, on some really rare, obscure um, instrumental pieces. In the background, you can hear a piece called Zembekiko, Solo Laterna, which was released by the uh, Orpheus, Orpheus label, um, which was uh, recorded in Istanbul in 1913. The, um, for those who are not familiar with the Laterna, the Laterna is a cylinder recorded, uh, a recording that's on a cylinder, um, which uh, was, when you open it up, it's got pins, and each pin correlates to the actual um, to the actual tones of the actual song. Um, this particular recording was recorded by a 24-year-old um, musician called Nikos Armaios, and as I mentioned, it was recorded in in Istanbul. Let's listen to a bit a bit more, and then we're going to move to another track, which is. Uh, of one of the earliest recordings of the bazooki. Let's have a listen to this first one. As I mentioned last week, the term rebetica um, has been defined both in textual and musical by com, uh, components and is often classified these days into so-called smidnika and periodica styles. The classifications are almost entirely based on their musical rather than their textual factors. The smidnikal style takes its name from the city of the name of the city and in is etched into Greek memory, especially during the Greek-Turkish uh, war between 1922 and, uh, sorry, 1919 and 1922. Now, the piece that we're listening to in the background is the one of the earliest recordings of um, the bazooki. Let's have a listen to this first. It's from 1917 and recorded in Gorlitz in Germany in the German barracks. Let's have a listen to him. I'll go back to this piece again and play it a bit more. Now, this recording was recorded, um, as I mentioned, in July 17, in 1917, in 6.45 p.m. The vocalist, 
Apostolos Papadiamandis, and the buzuki player, funnily enough, is Costandinos Calamaras. Um, not sure if it's related, but how did this recording come to pass? Well, to cut a long story short, back in September 1916, three regiments of the Greek infantry, um, the Greek army, uh, there's a total of 6,500 individuals, surrendered to the Germans in northern Greece in a town called Gavala. They were then uh, removed to Sofia in Bulgaria and they were transported by train to the town of Gorlitz in Silencia, uh, which is on the present-day German-Polish border. They were housed there in a former Russian prison, prisoner of war camp until the end of World War I. Now, they were, they were housed in this um, prisoner of war camp until the end of World War I. Today, the town of Gorlitz is actually two towns, one, or other, one of either side of the border, and there are descendants of these Greek soldiers still living in this town, which was uh, the town of Gorlitz. During the decade in which um, that Gorlitz, these Gorlitz recordings were done in various sources, one of, and on one hand, the Greeks have been described as guests in these recordings, and they were well, they were well looked after. Yet, according to an Australian newspaper, in December 1918, were, there was a revolt of casualties of more than 2,000 Greek soldiers escaped. It was true, and and not just allies, uh, allied propaganda. Okay, now these these actual recordings are actually housed in Germany to this day. Thousands of audio documents recorded in the prison camps for POWs of various nationalities. The Germans made two series of sound recordings of the Greeks in Gorlitz camp. Uh, 70 photographic cylinders were recorded. Sorry, 70 phonographic uh, cylinders were recorded by the Prussian Phonographic Commission under the supervision of Karl Stumpf and George Schunerham as part of a massive project aiming to... Um, at a comprehensive documentation of the human cultures. 72 shellac uh, sides were recorded by the Lindstrom Company under the technical direction of Wilhelm Dogen and under the local supervision of um, August Heisenberg. This project seemed to have a narrow a linguist focus. Apparently, all of this work was done to some degree of secrecy. It would appear that some of the cylinders may have been recorded in parallel to the shellac discs with Schoenham setting up his phonograph to run simultaneously. In fact, the cylinders had still, almost after a century, not be, a century not been thoroughly studied. It forms part of an enormous collection of 30,000 phonographic cylinders, which is now based in the Berliner Phonogram Archive. During its stormy history, it was transferred to the Soviet Russian um, at Soviet Russia at the end of World War II, transferred to East Germany in 1960, and finally housed in its president's residence in 1991. This next recording features Spiros Peristeris, recorded on the Odeon label 
in 1934 in Athens. And um, this is a Daxima of uh, Dambulis, which is uh, on the flip side of this album. This is Beristeti's guitar piece, opens up as one of the finest Daxima. It is titled, its title is a difficult word to translate, Sevdali, derived from the Turkish word of Sevda, which means, which approximately means one impassioned by love. example of Spiros Beristeis on uh, guitar, which is exceptional. The next thing, the next song that I really wanted to focus on is uh, Casilamas Mitilineokos, which was recorded by uh, John Kiriakiatis on clarinet, possibly Louis uh, Rasen on Santuri, recorded in New York in 1923. This next recording, uh, this is one of the four duets recorded by the clarinetist uh, uh, John Cariacatis Ioannis and, and the unnamed, unnamed Santuri player as I mentioned previously it was possibly Luis Racias um, who uh, spelt his name this uh, changed his name um, he was born in Barabugia in Botea in 1884 where he began his life as a shepherd boy and started playing uh, Zurna and uh, whilst watching sheep. Let's have a listen to the next track. As I mentioned, John uh, Kirakatis um, began his life as a shepherd and started playing his instruments whilst watching sheep. Um, and that region he could exploit, um, it could register, uh, sorry, in his, in his preference in the higher register of the instrument, a region that could be, um, no other clarinist could be heard. According to uh, Despona Marazaki, he had emigrated to America in 1906 and began playing the clarinet there, studying in New York Conservatory for, um, for seven years. He played in European orchestras as well as Greek ensembles and made a few recordings in the early 1920s. In 1928, he returned to Greece where he continued his career and remained there until his death in 1957. This piece that you're hearing now um, is an excellent example of the capabilities of the acoustic recording from that era um, and the Santuri 
um, has a, the the sound of the you know the the island sound. Anyway, but that's enough for this week's podcast of Lovers of Rebetica. Still um, keen to f- um, focus a bit more on some of the works of Spiro Spedistetis and a few of the early recordings from the 1920s. Um, hope you have a great week. And once again, if you do enjoy these podcasts, I do I have a Patreon page in the link of the description. Please feel free to support it. Thank you. Thank you.